Hey, hello, hi, welcome to and are back to the Equitheory podcast. I am your host, Jill Treese, and this week's episode, I am going to give you guys a couple of updates and also read through some patron questions. I have just finished editing the document that they reside on, and uh, we got a few really interesting ones today. So without further ado, let's jump into this. Guys, you know the drill. Let's do the ad first, and then we'll get into this content. Okay, guys, when you become a patron of the podcast by joining at patreon.com slash equitheory, you'll gain access to all kinds of opportunities to benefit you and your horse. Being an equitheory patron means that you're able to gain a like-minded community of progressive equestrians via our Discord server, ask your burning training questions, and have them answered on the podcast, live monthly Q&A Zoom events, and the option to schedule phone call consults with me to help you work through a behavioral or training-related issue, and at the very highest tier, the option to submit up to 30 minutes minutes of video per month for me to review and critique. You can break it up however you would like. So the Patreon is set up to accommodate budgets and you're free to cancel at any time, penalty free. So become a patron of the podcast today. Help me and the horses and help yourself. Alrighty guys. Well, uh, it, I, <laughs> I skipped the last two weeks and I want to thoroughly apologize. Two weeks ago, I sat down rec- to record the episode on Tuesday morning because I just could not convince myself to do it on Monday. And Tuesday, I got like 10 minutes in and I was like, I am just rambling. And like, I know some people, like some of you guys won't mind just a ramble, but it's stuff I've been saying for like several weeks now. And I was like, I'm not saying anything new. It's just repetitive and sounds complainy. And I just, that's... I, like, I want this podcast to be authentic and a place that I can vent and, um, you know, th- like, talk about things um, for the purpose of catharsis for myself, but also, like, empathizing and relating for you guys to just know that, like, other people are going through things. Um, but I don't want it to be a complainy place, and that's kind of what was happening, and I was like, mm, let's just not. And then last week, I just could not even bring myself to sit down and do it. And the fact that I'm doing it right now, I am impressing myself, to be honest. Um, I, I've, th- I've thought about it a lot because I'm really not sure what is going on, but I just don't want to do anything. <laughs> and that's like, it feels like the worst thing ever to say. Um, but I know it's not from a psychological standpoint, but, you know, I, I took all of January off to you know, try and refrain from burning out. Um, But I think I was already burning out. And then January was just not long enough. And I I think I need more time. Because like, I just I, I am, I have a tendency to be an all or nothing kind of person. And I get very invested in things. And I want to go as hard as possible. Um, But the problem with that is when there are more than one, uh, activities, (laughs) activities, <laughs> more than one activity that I want to do, then, um, you know, I go balls to the wall with all of them. And then there's nothing left at the end of the day. And then I just get progressively more and more tired until I just start resenting the things that I love to do. 
And I don't resent the podcast at all. It's just I'm having a really hard time wanting to do it. And um, at present, it's not uh, making any money outside of the Patreon. So I'm having to, unfortunately, prioritize the things that are because I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, like if you imagine that you have a cup full of water and that's all the energy that you have for that day, um, the podcast pours out quite a bit, you know, because I have to sit here and talk for an hour and then all of the marketing stuff that comes with that afterwards, which is an additional hour or two, um, it, it pours out a quite, it pours quite a lot out of the cup. So um, then there's not a whole lot left for other things. And, uh, you know, my school and working with the horses and things like that are, um, I just have to prioritize. And that's the other thing that I've really been having, um, you know, kind of a come to self meeting with is that I just, I have got to start saying no to things <laughs> because uh, I'm very good at saying no to food groups that I don't want to try. But when it comes to taking on tasks and projects, I just keep adding and adding and adding and adding. And I, I think that, um, you know, the pandemic and coronavirus and all of that has really um, allowed that to flourish <laughs> in a not so great way because. I mean, as I've said in previous episodes, I spend 90% of my time alone. I'm in my little tiny house on the farm, and my house is very small, so it's quite congested. Like, my relaxing and TV watching area is also the same area where I work and do school and uh, where I eat and also my kitchen. And so it's all, like, in one place, and it's making it really hard for me to divide up um, – you know, like what times are designated for what and to take a break because I'll just sit here and I'll keep going until I am physically exhausted and my brain is like, I ca cannot do this anymore. Um, and, you know, I've watched TED Talks on like productivity and um, how to keep yourself sane <laughs> and mentally healthy during all of that. And one of the biggest things is having a division of space and like having specific locations where you work. And then like, you know, at 8 PM, you are no longer allowed to enter that area. You can't work on anything else. You have to go to bed. But for me, like where I sit and work and eat and relax and, or do my makeup or like everything is all in one spot. So, um, I am really hopeful that once the pandemic is over, it'll be a little bit better because, um, you know, I'll have more opportunities to go to class instead of just having class also in my room. Um, like I'm just so tired of being stuck in my house and I'm sure a lot of you can relate. And obviously I have it better off than, you know, half of the world right now. But, um, you know, from my point of relativity, it's really difficult to, um, function because I like humans are social creatures about the same as horses are. We are not designed to be alone all the time. And, I am pretty alone for like at least 23 hours out of the day, most days. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it, it's just taking its toll and I think it'll get better with time. But, you know, I, as I've said before on the podcast, depression is something that I do struggle with. And while I feel fine and I don't really feel depressed, it's just kind of like, I don't know, I just feel drained and like uninspired lately. I think it's just because there hasn't been any change and everything's just gotten really monotonous. And on top of that, I've just piled on all of these projects and activities and then I don't want to do them and then I feel bad that I'm not doing them. And then I start feeling like if I don't knock all of them out, then, you know, 
that there's no point in even starting one of them. <laughs> and so um, I'm really having to like take time and like reassure myself like you can take an hour and work on this thing and get an hour into it and then you can stop. You don't have to finish it all in one go. Um, and really paying attention to my calendar. Um, I have started bullet journaling and I've really kept up with it. I haven't done so much the journaling part as um, keeping a pretty meticulous calendar and staying with it. Um, it really helps me like keep up with my priorities and things that I need to do as well as appointments. I don't know how I've ended up with so many, but they are always happening. Um, but yeah, so all of that to say that it's just, it's just kind of gotten dull. Um, not the podcast specifically, but just my life in general. And, uh, what happened last week is that like, we, I don't know if you guys know, but the South of uh, the U S got attacked with snow we were assaulted with snow. My God, I have never seen so much snow in my life except for that one time when I went to Colorado. Um, but we have never gotten as much snow as we did, and it was absolutely ridiculous. So I couldn't do anything with the horses, and I my uh, power went out for a little bit, and my water lines were frozen for several days, so I had to take my cats and go to my boss's house, and I stayed with her for almost a whole week. Um, so, you know, just girly things. Um, yeah, so like I didn't have really anything to talk about. Um, I'm not sure if there were patron questions or not that I could have done that week, but like I wasn't home and podcasting like at somebody else's house is a little difficult. Um, and I just, I really didn't have any updates or things I was inspired to talk about. And I don't know if you know this or not, but it's really hard to talk for an hour about something you don't care about. Um, so I, I like to do it when it's authentic and genuine and really inspired and not something that I'm like dragging myself to do. Um, so all of that to say that I think I might have to, unfortunately, I don't want to say it. I'm procrastinating. I think I might have to woe back a little bit on posting every week and sorry, burped, <laughs> just, just Equithery podcast things. So professional. Um, but I think, I think I'm going to have to woe back. Um, I love doing the podcast every single week, but it's not working right now. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to wrap up my classes as fast as humanly possible. Like it's February and I'm almost done with a class <laughs> and we have until what may for the semester. And then my other one is not far behind because I have just been grinding through material because, um, you know, it's, it's March now and we are closing on the farm, I think on Wednesday. Um, and you guys will be listening to this, uh, the first week of March, I think, um, I'm recording it on Monday, the first, um, but so on Wednesday is when we close on the farm and we may or may not have to wait two weeks before we can, um, start doing anything out there. Hopefully, um, the previous owners will let us go ahead, but then, um, they're like, so either, you know, within the next two weeks or after the next two weeks, we're going to start putting in the arenas and, um, uh, things like that. And maybe buildings. I don't really know what all we're going to start with, but, um, we're going to wait pretty much until the arena's built. And there's a little house that, uh, like there's a main house and there's a little house and that is the one that I'll be living in. And we have to like redo some stuff in it first. I also have to get 
uh, like security systems and stuff like that to keep crazies out. Um, and yeah, so I just want to kind of rein back on the podcast and not overcommit myself because I am so, so talented at doing that. And, uh, you know, it's about to get really, really hectic because we have a lot of horses that we're going to have to move. Um, and we are, we have a lot of equipment and like all the buckets and water troughs and hay and grain and saddles and trailers and like miscellaneous fencing parts, like, you know, all the things that a farm has, we have to move everything and it's, it's 40 minutes away. So it's not terrible considering it's a a move move, but it's, it's going to be a lot and it's going to take a long time. And I kind of just want to make the podcast more of something that, um, you know, if I'm really inspired to talk about something, I will make an episode and I will upload it. But um, I, I can't be committed to every single Tuesday anymore because it's it just can't be a priority right now, um, logistically. <laughs> so I think that, you know, maybe when things settle down, um, maybe this fall or next spring, then I'll be able to pick back up on the, um, the schedule. Uh, you know, we'll just have to play it by ear. I have some YouTube videos that I have got to get uploaded because, um, wow, they were supposed to be uploaded like December <laughs> and it's March. So um, it's just I'm really struggling right now with time management and trying to make sure everything is good. And I'm really, really getting sick of every single episode talking about how overcommitted and stressed I am and that next month it'll be better. And at this time frame, it'll be better. And my Instagram, like, sorry, I haven't posted in a long time. Sorry, I haven't, like, I just, I can't apologize for it anymore. And I know that the, like, actual listeners of this podcast are like, yeah, dude, that's fine. Like, you're good. And, um, you know, so, and if, if it is irritating, then I don't like you anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I know that, like, the real peeps out there will understand and appreciate that. Um, I'm not just wanting to put out content for the sake of putting out content and um, that I have a real human life that I have to live. But um, I do want to say that patrons, I am going to come up with a solution so that like I'm going to answer three questions from Patreon here after I get done with my beginning spiel. But um, I am either going to set up a private... um, podcast feed. Um, if you guys listen to any podcasts that have like a Patreon kind of pay through server, then you can, um, oh my God, you can, you can listen to it there. Um, I think that might make it easier or I might just post them straight onto Patreon, um, or maybe, um, upload them to YouTube and then link them unlisted. Either way, patrons who ask questions, uh, intended for, being answered on the podcast, I will get you taken care of. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I'll continue. So if you, if you still want some podcasty content, I recommend joining the Patreon, um, because that's just where it's going to have to be for now. I am hoping, you know, this won't be a long-term thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I really just have got to prioritize it. And I hate that the podcast is the thing that I'm, I've realized that I have to cut back on, because it really is my favorite thing that I do on social media. It's just, it's not making me money right now. And I don't have the time to give to push for it so that it can start, um, like signing up for ads and things like that. Um, 
And part of me is like, you should not have moved from Anchor because now I'm paying Buzzsprout monthly to be able to um, upload. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a lot. So I, I it's whew, so much to figure out and think about, but that is for me to worry about and for you guys to just enjoy the episodes that are already up. Um, if you want, you can be sure to follow the website. Uh, it's equitheorypodcast.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and the Instagram so that you will, you'll be notified. Um, I'm also, before this episode goes up, hopefully, I'm going to actually write that down right now. Um, I'm going to set up a newsletter. Um, newsletter pod. Okay. So if you go to the equitheorypodcast.com website, um, hopefully I'll be able to set you up with a, a newsletter to send out. Um, and if not, you can just go on Instagram or YouTube and turn on the notifications. Um, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I can do that on that website. I have two different websites. Um, I have Jet Equitheory and Equitheory Podcast because I didn't want to overflow jetequitheory.com with all of the um, podcast files because you can actually listen to the podcast on equitheorypodcast.com. So um, uh, I might do the newsletter from jetequitheory.com. I don't know. Just look around. Okay. If you want to know, just check frequently. Be sure you're subscribed on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Be sure you're subscribed. Um, because when I come back, I, I want to come back, come back. But there might just be a few miscellaneous episodes with updates and stuff like um, tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, hopefully in the morning, our vet is coming out to do Zoe's x-rays on her back and Hawk's um, and I'd like to do an episode to update you guys about that. So, I mean, hopefully there will be at least one more episode so that you guys know about that before I fully take a break. And I might get into this a little bit more on that episode and just kind of talk about it. Um, cause I know people tend to find mental healthy things interesting, but, um, I do want you guys to know that like, I'm okay, I'm good. And I, I am actually really happy. Like I'm enjoying the people that are in my life and, my day-to-day -day life and I just kind of want to be able to focus more on like doing things and like working with the horses and hanging out with humans again. Um, you know, I've got the few select people in my life and I just want to, um, I want to live a little bit more than post and I fluctuate on this all the time, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, Letting my body and what feels right tell me what feels right, if that makes any sense at all. And I sound like a big fat hippie. So I am going to end my spiel there, but please know it's not over. And, um, you know, things are about to just get really hectic. And I am preemptively attempting to save myself some, <laughs> some aches and you as well. So now let's just go ahead and get into these questions. How does that sound? Good, good. So the first question here comes from patron Chelsea, uh, who writes, my question involves nipping specifically in my face. I have a 23 year old paint horse who I've known for a total of 10 years and he's been mine for two. He's pasture boarded with my two best friends horses and has always been out in a herd of some sort and always been extremely food motivated. I would definitely consider him to be overly stimulated by food. However, I think it's gotten less intense in this location. Um, 
When he first nipped me in the face, it was around the end of March 2020. I turned him out after feeding him dinner, and I usually just give him a couple of treats, a few pats, and then he walks off. He's not a very attention-loving horse, and he has his moments, uh, and I always try to enjoy them when they do happen. This night, he stayed with me for a bit longer. I was standing next to him, very lightly stroking his neck, and he seemed content. He put his nose up to my cheek and was breathing, ears forward, soft muzzle, and then he quickly pinned his ears and nipped my cheek. I was pretty upset by it as he had never done anything like that to me, so I just walked away. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized maybe his neck was sore from vaccines a day or two prior, so I just brushed it off. Um, in the last three months, he's tried doing this two other times, though. But I'm, a, I'm aware of it now and can either move uh, or I gently place my hand over his nose and move his nose away so a, little, a little so I can move my face. It's always after he's being turned out after dinner, after his treats. He will usually have been standing quietly next to me for a bit, and he will do this even without me petting him, bring his nose to my face, cheek, ears forward, and breathing, and then his expression changes instantly, and then the nip comes. I never punish him for it. I just walk away, but it makes me sad that he's doing this, and I can't point exactly why. End of question. So, so odd that this question is coming at the time that it's coming, because I am also dealing with this same exact identical behavior in a horse I'm working with. So, um, yeah, this literally the exact same thing happens to me. Um, you know, the horse walks up to me, ears perked, bright, bushy eyes, just sniffing my face and then goes to nip. And, um, you know, I've treated for ulcers and we've done, uh, the teeth and the aggression has decreased a bit. But um, I actually talked about this with Adele um, from the Willing Equine, Adele Shaw. Um, uh, And if you don't know who that is, you definitely need to look her up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I talked it over with her a bit to see what she thought, because my initial thoughts were, um, you know, something might have happened in this horse's life that, um, you know, she feels a little bit uncomfortable and... um, I also took uh, Carolina Westland's Animal Emotions course, and in that course, uh, towards the very end of it, there was a video of a clicker trainer working with um, this little mini mini pony, and he was walking up to a ball, and um, horses are obviously naturally curious animals, so... um, But the trainer didn't want him to just walk up to this big ball, you know, the ones that are for horses, like the big ones... Um, and you know, it's the size of him cause he's a mini. And so she was like, um, you know, I didn't want to just walk him straight up to it and risk him, you know, accidentally scaring himself and going over threshold too quickly. So, um, even though he wanted to just walk straight up to it, I reinforced him for taking slow steps and we kind of zigzagged up to it and got nearer to it on a circle, um, before we actually touched it. So he was progressively more and more comfortable with it before he ever even touched it or was quite near it. Um, and that was my initial thought, um, when this horse I was working with put, um, you know, did the same thing with the nose in the face and, uh, nipped at my jaw. Um, cause I didn't see it coming at all. I had no idea that was going to happen, but thankfully I caught the ears spinning around backwards and ducked before, um, I actually got bitten. I did get lipped on the jaw though. Um, but I, you know, I don't think that she was actually going to like bite my face off and maul me. Um, what I think is that she went over threshold too fast and I think she, um, you know, she's a younger horse and she, um, she's been handled a lot 
And so I think that it's just a matter of kind of, it's almost like growing up like a human rather than a horse. So I, I don't know that she's necessarily learned how when she's afraid or uncomfortable that she can just leave. Instead, she aggresses. And um, that's really what I would like to work on with her. Um, now, in this situation for you, patron, Chelsea, it sounds like it's only in one specific environment that this happens, um, which is a bit curious to me, um, you know, because it, it might be a matter of simply just frustration that the horse would like to, you know, leave and go out into his paddock, but he also wants the treats and there's some level of conflictual frustration occurring. So he's like, I want the food, but I also want to leave and go out with my paddock mates or I want to go explore or what have you, um, but is caught between a rock and a hard place. And um, so maybe that is what's creating the frustration for you. So maybe instead of um, you know, feeding him treats once you get out to the field and you have to like make him hang out for a bit and, um, you know, pet him and everything. Maybe, um, you know, if he's comfortable with it and only you will be the best judge of this, um, you know, you hang out with him in a stall while he's eating or, um, before you feed him, um, and then you give him treats in a different area. And then, um, when you go to turn him out, you just let him go. And, um, you know, or maybe you just put the treats on the ground and walk away. Uh, so that way it's, it's quick. He doesn't have to wait. And then maybe, you know, if you are, um, diligent about it over time, you can start gradually increasing that time. But sometimes it's kind of like a kid wanting to get out of school. You know, he's been inside all day or he's been working and he just wants to like get out of school and go play on the playground or go home and relax, um, and doesn't want to do anything else. You know, uh, that is something that we have to factor into our work with our horses is what do they want? And so you can test out a bunch of different things. Um, you know, just maybe walk out there and leave a pile of your treats on the ground and walk away. Um, also I edited, um, these questions so so they're not <laughs> super long for you guys to listen to because some of them were, um, quite long. So maybe, um, I can't remember if you said you've checked in for ulcers, but I would do that. Um, another thing that could be potentially creating some like frustration aggression, um, which let's be honest, aggression only comes from a couple of things. It could be fear or frustration or, um, pain. So be sure he's checked for ulcers. If you haven't already, I'm pretty sure this email did not say that, but it very well could have. Um, so I usually try to leave information like that in, but I would do that and I would have his teeth checked um, because if his, if it hurts to eat, but he wants to, you know, it could be a thing um, or try it over a fence and see if the behavior goes away. Um, because sometimes being in protected contact, the horse feels safer from you and therefore doesn't feel a need to aggress. However, it can still happen. So, you know, be vigilant and be careful. Use common sense. Don't, <laughs> don't get bitten in the face. Um and, you know, it's, it's really hard for me to be able to give like a pinpointed answer because a, this is a behavior that I am also currently trying to work through at the moment. And it is tricky. So I empathize with you in that regard. And, um, you know, I might not be able to give you the thing that's going to absolutely fix this and cure it. Um, so try at your own risk, but, um, those are some of the things that I would do. 
and just see if you can figure out what it is. Um, if he hasn't been treated for ulcers, that could also be it that, um, you know, he's just uncomfortable with touch. It doesn't feel so great. Um, so maybe there's that, uh, I would recommend not, um, physically manipulating his face away from you, um, as you might get your hand chomped, um, in an environment that is not that environment, I would really work on him staying out of your space at all times, like not to bring his face anywhere near your face. Um, to me at this point that is dangerous and it does not ever need to happen. Um, and you know, like over time after you sort out what exactly is causing it and it's not happening anymore, the behavior is gone, not like, Oh, I haven't seen it in a while, but gone. Then you can start doing whatever. I mean, some people like to have their horses like kiss them or play with their hair or whatever. Um, but at this juncture, you know, just make it a general rule, like, let's not put your face in my face because I don't want to get bitten. So if he does that, I would just, you know, move out of his space. And if he knows, like, head away or manners or whatever, cue for that and then click and treat for that. Um, but you can work on that in his stall, not in the paddock. I really wouldn't recommend training to, training start in the area where there's a problem, if that makes sense. Um so yeah, that is kind of what I have to say about that one. Also, well, also just really having him stay out of your space and not feel like he has to, um, he has to hang around you. You know, I would just at the moment focus less on having him stay with you and act like a good boy and not bite your face off when you take him out to the paddock, but maybe just take him out to the paddock and see what he does. If you take his halter off and he leaves, okay, that's what he wanted to do. If he doesn't, then I would just put the snacks on the ground or in a bucket or something and then walk away and see what he does. Um, you know, get kind of far away. And then if he like stands and looks at you, then, you know, maybe you can work with, or you can like walk back over to him and work with him over the fence a little bit. Or, uh, you know, if he leaves, then that's probably a good sign that he would just like to be outside right now and just relax. Um, so again, questions like these, especially when it's a dangerous behavior, it is really difficult for me to, feel super confident giving advice without having seen it or worked with the horse because it, it is a tentative and stressful situation for you and your horse. And also for me, um, because I want to be able to help, but at the same time, like it's, it's very delicate because I don't want you guys to get hurt. So please, if you are, um, taking any of my advice, do your own research and hard thinking about these things and see, um, you know, what is going to be the best route to take for you and your horse specifically, because ultimately it is up to you and it is your responsibility and you, um, you know, you need to maintain your own personal safety. Um, and I'm trying my best to help that happen, but it's very difficult when I cannot see the horse or what is happening because sometimes people think that they're being very delicate with their horses when they are really not. And they are, um, actually the ones making the horse uncomfortable. Um, you know, we have a few horses like that out here and, um, I've worked with owners in past years that have had, um, that are just like, I can't understand why my horse always bites me when I walk up to him. And every time they walk up to him, they like smack them on the forehead. And I'm like, ah, well, I would also bite you. So, um, you know, it's, it's about being respectful to the horse and not that they're intentionally being disrespectful, but, um, to me, refraining from learning how their horse appreciates to be touched and um, communicates is disrespectful. I mean, it's just like with people. 
you know, if you have a friend that is of a different cultural background or from a different part of the world than you, um, and you just treat them like, you know, from your culture, um, you might think you're being polite, but some things you do might be a little bit rude or perceived as, um, you know, dismissive or overbearing, you know, it's all about perception. And unfortunately, our horses do not have frontal lobes. So we're kind of at the mercy of um, having to learn theirs and them not really learning ours, you know, uh, there is some give and take in that relationship. But for the most part, I really do believe as horse people, it is our responsibility to learn how to communicate to our horses in a way that makes sense and is clear and comfortable and non-invasive for them. So um, take that little um, ramble for what it is. Just looking outside to see where the foals are. They're not around. But anyway, I'm going to move into question two here from patron Gianna. Um, my question is about tail flicking while riding. I'm very familiar with this. Um, I was watching a jumping video from our show last weekend and Sky flicked his tail a lot. Looking back at older videos, this is not a new thing he does. I'm just happy I'm noticing it now. I also wanted to say thank you for mentioning that he probably has ulcers because I am now pretty certain as well. However, I cannot treat him at the moment, so I've been taking things really slow, especially when girthing and tacking up. I also tried the thing where you scratch their face while you are girthing, almost as reassurance that I do hear him and it helped a lot. He seemed a lot more calm when I put the saddle on and girthed him up today, so thank you. I also wanted to say congratulations on quitting vaping. That's a really hard thing to do, and lots of my old friends couldn't. Very happy for you, and don't be ashamed if it takes multiple tries. Take as long as you need to reply. I don't mind whatsoever. I know everyone is super busy. Thank you. Lots of love. Um, uh, last question here is, if if it's not too late, what horse insurance do you have um, if you have Zoe insured? Um, I think it's through a brand called Markle, maybe? Um, I know the name of the girl that does our insurance or the woman, I suppose, um, who does our insurance, but I'm not entirely sure which my parents handle that. <laughs> I'm a child. Um, I'm kidding, but I, I think I'm pretty sure it's called Markle. Um, but it, it's really a region thing. I think like it depends on where you are and, um, yeah, I don't know that that might have to be a personal researchy question. Um, but okay. So there's a lot to address in here. First, I do want to say thank you for the vaping comment. I really appreciate that. So far, we are going strong into March here. Um, but yes, yeah, so here's here's the issue with uh, for me. I have an ethical problem with um, riding when you are unable to treat the horse for an issue. So think of it this way: like, say, I don't know, uh, say you're an employee. And you work at a trampoline park and you have to jump on the trampolines every single day. And your boss is like, okay, I recognize that you have a sprained ankle right now, but I, if you want to make money or whatever, then you have to jump on that ankle. And I also want you to, you know, be nice to me and calm while you're doing it. So it's not fair to ask a horse that you are pretty certain is in pain to just deal. Um, and I, I just, I don't want to come off as like, you know, I'm being arrogant here or self-righteous, but in my opinion, if a horse is hurting, uh, you know, we, we don't continue to hurt it. So having ulcers is really painful for horses. And if you're pretty sure that the horse has ulcers, you don't need to ride. 
Um, and I hate to say that because, you know, like that is 90% of why people have horses is so that you can ride them. But, um, you know, it, to me, it is a bit selfish, unfortunately. Um, I'm glad that, you know, he seems to be calmer about it and is appreciating that. But, um, you know, the bit where you mentioned that you, um, you scratch his face to reassure him that you hear him, um, you know, to me, it's like, I hear you that you're hurting, but I'm still going to do this thing that hurts. You know, like it just, and maybe, maybe that is just me, but in my opinion, if you are unable to treat him for ulcers, you need to not ride until you are able to. Um, there are plenty of other things that you can do, or he can just be a pasture puff and have, have a break until you are able to help him out. But, um, for me, that is the big thing because like, why waste your time having rides where your horse is uncomfortable because you're not going to get a relaxed, healthy top line with hind end engagement and supple lift in the bridle. Like you're not going to get any of that if the horse is in pain. Um, additionally, I would have his saddle checked, uh, for the tail flicking issue. Um, saddle fitting is really, really, really tricky. Um, I'm taking, um, saddle fit for life certified equine ergonomist program right now. And I have not had a whole lot of time to really delve into it, but I'm a few modules in and wow, it is more complicated than we think. Um, and chances are just everyone out there. Um, if you just bought a random saddle from your local tax store, it probably doesn't fit your horse, um, <laughs> which is like the most disheartening and frustrating thing ever, but such as horses, everything is expensive and complicated, but, um, Yes, if you have not had a saddle fitter out to check on that, I would jump on that immediately. Um, however, I would hold off until you can treat for the ulcers because you're not going to be able to gauge how he feels because he's still not going to be able to move freely and comfortably. So, um, you know, you can do lots of groundwork with him and stuff. You can incorporate some herbal um, things. I know a lot of people use aloe vera to help with... Um, ulcers. You can also listen to the Feed Room Chemist podcast. Um, there's quite a bit of information about um, EGUS, equine gastric ulcer syndrome, and why treatments work or don't, like using omeprazole and stuff. I really recommend giving that a listen. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just my opinion. Um, I I don't know. I just, I would not ride a horse that is in pain when I know it is. And then I would just wait until I would be able to fix it before moving on. So take that for what you will. Um, I'm glad that you are listening and able to notice that and you're doing the best you can to make the girthing more comfortable for him. Um, but I would really, really wait until you can get that sorted. Um, yeah. So anyway, also be sure that, uh, you know, I mean, it sounds like scratching his face is working. I'm not entirely sure how you're scratching his face and girthing at the same time, to be honest. Maybe you mean like neck or before you do it or something. I don't know. But um, uh, the, when horses have ulcers, their skin is very sensitive um, and kind of like, I don't know if everyone can relate, but sometimes when I get really sick, every part of my body hurts like a thousand times worse than normal. And uh, that's kind of what ulcers are like for horses, to my understanding. So, um, you know, scratches and physical touch aren't necessarily very reassuring things. But, you know, things like alfalfa pellets um, or a flake of alfalfa or something that have a um, 
a coating effect on the inside of the stomach. I actually don't know if alfalfa pellets do, but I've always heard that actual alfalfa flakes um, help coat the lining of the stomach and give it more of a buffer. But I could be totally wrong on that. That is one of those things that I heard and believed and only am just now realizing that I never actually looked up for myself. So I will have to look it up. But um, yeah, best of luck with Mr. Sky. I hope that you guys get it sorted out. And uh, thanks for asking. Um, So the last question comes from patron Annie, and this one is a little bit lengthy, but I've gone ahead and shortened it quite a bit. So Annie, please do know that I read the whole thing and I know a lot about it. Like um, Annie provides a lot of backstory for the horse, but I'm going to save you guys um, and just uh, for the sake of the podcast, read the relevant bits uh, to the question because the other stuff, while I think it's important. I don't know that it necessarily correlates super well with the presenting issue, but um, I appreciate the information because for me, like everything helps. But anyway, let us jump into this. Okay, so guys, it is entirely possible that I actually had to stop recording this because my friend who stays with me, um, she appeared and then I didn't get a chance to record it for the rest of the night because <laughs> uh, we had stuff to do all evening with uh, class and stuff. And then um, I was going to record it earlier today, which is Tuesday, um, but literally nothing went according to plan. So <laughs> it's 940 uh, Tuesday evening right now. And um yeah, I mean, like, I had it all planned out, like, what time I was going to record the podcast, but uh, literally, like, I don't know why, but we had so much um, stuff scheduled at the farm today, and nobody was on time or was two hours early, and it completely screwed everything up, so um, now I am finally getting to this, so uh, it's a little off kilter, but um, I can't officially say that I do have nose on knows news on zoe not knows on zooey um okay (laughs) so brain dead um but i am gonna save that for the next episode because um i'm still kind of like trying to process everything um and i did post on instagram about it so you can uh check that out if you just kind of want the dl but um i am hopefully gonna get the um x-rays and everything here soon um so i can like kind of go through it with you guys but Um, That'll be up sometime next week, hopefully by Tuesday. Um, But at this point, I am going to answer the last patron question of this episode before I pass out and have to go to sleep. I've taken two naps today, or tried to, but my phone keeps going off because everybody needs me when I need to nap. (laughs) Um, But I am exhausted, long story short. So I'm going to crack through this and... uh, Hopefully, uh, you guys will find it interesting or somewhat helpful for your horse. Um, So question three is from patron Annie. Uh, I had to shorten this message message quite a bit, like I said. So, um, you know, it's kind of hopefully it'll just, you know what, whatever. (laughs) Um, Annie writes, my mare is called Lainey and she's a coming nine-year-old 14-2 hand gypsy vanner who I've had for two years. Half of the time, she's a lovely lady, but the main problem is that she bolts in hand and it's not like she spooks. It's more like I want to go this way. This problem has improved massively since I first got her. When turning her out, I reward her staying with me, but the behavior persists and she can be very dangerous. 
She's trampled me in the past, given me rope burn, dislocated my shoulder, pulled me to the floor, run out of the farm onto a busy road, and frequently when leading her into the field or stable, she'll decide you aren't going you aren't going fast enough and will bolt randomly. The worst thing is to get to one of our fields, you have to pass a road. Granted, it's a country road, so not usually busy, but cars do pass and it is dangerous. Uh, sometimes she gives warning, but more often than not, she just sets her neck and goes. Recently, she's been worse than ever with the colder weather and now the spring brass grass coming in. Hmm. She bolted twice in one day with me and then with someone else. If she knows I'm carrying treats, something else might be more reinforcing, like her herd mates, the field or the stable. Um, even if she knows I'm carrying treats, sorry. Um, I've had to move her in between paddocks, uh, so she needs to be handled. She's becoming a problem when people are bringing other horses in, so no one will lead her as they are afraid of being trampled. Think muddy incline. So we work on a system. I do the mornings, and the other girl does the evenings. She leads her down into the stables, but if she starts to bolt, the girl will let go, which I don't blame her, but I think it's reinforced the behavior. However, now she's become too difficult for them to handle, so isn't allowed to go to the big pasture with the other horses, which sucks. She seems to be worse when other people handle her, but I can't be there all the time due to work commitments. Many people have told me to get after her. My yard owner even said she would have her on the floor. Um, I know her best and I know myself that getting cross with her will make her more likely to bolt, but I feel like I am running out of options as the only thing that seems to guarantee she won't do it is leading with a chain or a bit, but I want to be able to fix this recurring problem without a tool as when it is off, she will repeat the same behavior. Many thanks, Annie. So, um, like I said, there was a lot more information in this email, um, about her history and some anxieties around being mistreated and, um, you know, uh, it sounds like Lainey was sent to slaughter and got rescued. And so there's a lot of trauma, um, in this one, it sounds like, and, uh, I have to preface this question by saying like, this is a very complicated and dangerous, um, situation to be in and behavior to deal with. So it's really difficult as, you know, with a lot of these, um, really complicated questions, like, you know, it's not just like, how do I help my horse enjoy the bit? <laughs> like, well, check for pain and then, uh, you know, create a positive association let the horse have choice at the end. Um, but with things like this, you know, it's about your safety, the horse's safety, and then it becomes kind of an ethical question. Like, well, if the horse has to go out every single day, you know, like, is it better that you keep the horse in so that you can work up to being able to take them out when they're really good? Or is the horse going to get stir crazy by staying in? Or, um, you know, is it better to lead the horse with a chain than it is to risk the horse getting hit by a car? Like, it, I mean, that is a really tough position to be in. And I have been in several of those myself in recent years, you know, it's, it's difficult because you don't want to put a chain on them, but also you don't want your horse to get hit by a car and you don't want them to hurt people. Um, but my first thought is like, if this is something that is completely unavoidable, like if there's no other pasture she can go into, there's no way to, um, sort of block the road until you can get past. Um, then I would say the best thing to do would see if you could, um, you know, short term is maybe a, like a light tranquilizer. Um, you know, it, like I hate that being the answer, but it's really difficult to train in a situation like this because you can't really, um, 
Well, you can, but it's tricky. And, like, this is one of those situations where I, I really – it would be extremely helpful if I could see the place um, because it's hard to be able to suggest ways to um, set up a well, – what do you call it? Like a simulation of being able to do this that's safe and can be a learning experience um, without knowing what the farm looks like because it sounds like the pastures are – like on a different property than the stable. Um, my, like, obviously it would be nice if she could stay out 24 seven and then you could slowly work on bringing her a little bit further from the pasture and then putting her right back in and then back and forth and back and forth. Um, some other things might be having, you know, you leading her while somebody else leads a different horse. So she's not alone and doesn't feel like she has to panic to get from one place to another. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think it'd probably, it sounds like it'd be too difficult to lead two horses at once, but if there was another person that could help, um, lead maybe a calmer horse with her. Um, there's also the option to pony her. Um, you know, if there's one horse that you could ride, that's like pretty sane, um, and you could pony her off of, then, um, just lead her while being on a different horse, uh, that might prove a little bit more beneficial. Um, it's, it's hard, like I said, to really give a training answer to this because, um, it, it is such a tricky situation and I don't really know what, um, what environment we're looking at here. Um, really it sounds more like a management thing to me and it sounds like the horse is having some issues and stress and the best thing that you could do is, take your end goal behavior. So like being able to take her out to her field and then break it down as far as possible. Like what is the best, like what is the smallest, smallest component of taking her to her field? Well, the first is like, can you walk in her stall? Is she comfortable with that? Can you put the halter on? Does she, can you like snap the lead rope on? Is the lead rope something that's scary to her? Is she comfortable with it? Is she comfortable giving to pressure? Does she, um, you know, follow the lead rope. Does she follow you? D could you maybe target her? And, um, you know, if targeting is something she could be really good at and you get that really strong in her stall or out in her paddock, then when you lead her, you could target her a little bit and that might, um, you know, let her know that like, you know, you are in this together. You're going somewhere together. She's being reinforced all along the way. And that the, the trip to the barn is just as, if not more reinforcing than actually getting to the barn or to the field. Um, and, you know, having a high value reinforcer, like a friend and, um, also snacks, um, you know, maybe you could see if it would be possible to, um, just like hand graze her with another horse, uh, also out beside her. Like if you had a friend with you that could hand graze a different horse and you guys could just graze right outside, of the field or outside the barn and then go back in after a little bit. Um, that way you're just slowly working up and you're breaking it down as far as possible. God, my throat is really starting to hurt for some reason. Um, and that way it's, it's not just this one big to do because, you know, like I get it. And a lot of horses can look like they're doing really, um, asshole -ish behavior, if you will. Like the filly I was talking about earlier, um, in this episode that puts her face in your face and then 
bites at you. Like, you know, you want to be like, oh my God, what a bitch. She sucks. But that's not the case. Um, and it, it's really easy to misread, um, especially when you've got emotions tied up in it and it hurts. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds like you guys have been through a lot together. Um, and it sucks. Like, oh God, I know how frustrating that is, really. But, um, you know, it might be a, I want to go this way. Um, but to me, like spook might not necessarily be the right word either, but just being obstinate or impatient is probably not the best word either. To me, it sounds like, cause bolting is like almost inevitably a result of trigger stacking. So it could just be that like the anticipation of wanting to go out is a lot or in her past, she was shanked for wanting to go out but like if you can identify the small triggers um that could be really helpful but understanding why isn't always necessarily the most important thing in the world what is really important is understanding um like what is happening in the moment and what you can do to change the associations and the reinforcement history so that staying with you um and targeting or you know hand targeting or targeting her eye to your hand following the lead rope or maybe it's um you know you could cue smile like something that she likes to do along the way so that the trip there is just as good as actually getting there um and also being sure that she's not afraid of anything that is on the way there that is sending her over the edge like perhaps the road with cars and things like that um um, or just being out alone, led and stressed that she's not around any other horses. Because, um, I mean, I would really suggest the ponying option or leading with a different horse, probably. Um, depending, because I, I also don't know how long the trip is between the two. Um, if it's fairly short, maybe not so much. But if it's quite a walk, then, you know, that could um, be posing the issue. I don't know my throat hurts so bad all of a sudden. Oh, it's annoying. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I could hit um, with this. Mm, I think really the biggest thing is like whatever you're going to start working on, do it in a neutral space. Don't start in the area where she has an issue, like on the way to the field. Don't start there. Um, you know, it's going to be difficult because you're going to have to lead her every day anyway. But um do it in a neutral area where there isn't any other association so that you can actually make progress and you're not like working against an emotional issue as well. Um, but yeah, I think just really doing a lot of work with her to help her feel confident and calm with you. And like, she's in the safety of a herd a little bit, um, you know, leading some other horses with her that might help. Um, but with that guys, I think I'm going to cut it off again. I'm sorry this episode is late. I'm sorry that I've skipped the past two weeks. I am officially tired of apologizing and I'm sure that you guys are also tired of hearing me apologize. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel bad for not wanting to be on the podcast so much, but honestly, I'm just like exhausted <laughs> and I really need a break and things are about to get really hectic with the move and everything. And, um, I just kind of want to exist for a little bit. Um, you know, I'm really enjoying some of the things that are going on right now. Um, and I kind of just want to like be out doing stuff. Um, like I said earlier, 
I'm just stuck inside all the time. And it's so nice when I'm like out working with the horses or going to see clients or, um, you know, I have to go to an appointment or something like I'm just out doing something and I'm not stuck at my house all day long, um, alone. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I, I just, I hope that you guys can understand and I hope that I helped those of you that asked some questions and gave you some ideas to get thinking on, um, you know, how you might work through those, the struggles. Hi Wally. Um, that you're experiencing with your ponies. And with that, I think I'm going to leave it. Be sure to follow the Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, Jet Equitheory and Equitheory. Um, I am still posting here and there. Um, you know, it's not as like extra as it usually is. Um, and I'm sure it'll come back at some point, but like I said, I kind of just want to take a step back right now, but, um, there will be YouTube videos up very soon. I, that I can assure you because I actually have to do that. So (laughs) it's going to happen. And I hope that you guys, um, will tune in. So thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe so that you know when I come back. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you guys endlessly as always. I appreciate every single one of you that listens. And if you've listened this far, you freaking rock and, um, Good luck with your ponies. I will catch you guys in the next one. Have a good week.